0: I'm Damian Volwa, Managing Editor of the San Francisco Chronicle. Today on Fifth and Mission, as if the pandemic wasn't disruptive enough for Bay Area schools, now comes the fire season. Our lead education reporter, Jill Tucker, is on the podcast. We're going to take you to a remote community in the Santa Cruz Mountains where students and teachers are evacuated from their homes, and some of these homes are gone. Jill, thanks for joining me again.
1: Oh, sure. My pleasure.
0: So, Jill, I mean, what a day. You've been covering the opening of schools around the Bay Area. Uh, We're recording this on a Monday. This morning there was a Zoom outage of all things as some schools were opening. It's just been sort of a cascade of of difficulties. And here we go again in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Tell us about uh, this area and teacher, Holiday Smith.
1: Yeah, so um, the fires have forced a hundred thousand people to evacuate across the Bay Area, and um, you know, so that's kids, that's families. Um, up in the Santa Cruz Mountains, entire communities have evacuated, and in some cases, what we're hearing today. Entire communities have burned down and and we're seeing teachers without homes, kids without homes. I just got off the phone with Holiday Smith. Uh, she is a teacher in Bonny Dune and lives in the uh, community called Last Chance. And it's down a in and out one road, uh, an old logging road. Uh, they were evacuated Tuesday night, and uh, essentially every home burned down, including holidays. Um, and she's a sixth grade teacher at uh, in the Bonnie Doon uh, school district. It's a one school district way up in the mountains above Santa Cruz, um, and she. Uh, she and her, she lost her home. Her mom lost her home. They have a compound up there. Um, three homes were lost at least. She barely got out, um, with her horses and cats and, and she's now down, um, at the county fairgrounds in, in Watsonville. Um, I just talked to her on the phone. Uh, she's been trying to reach out to her students, even as she's sitting in an evacuation center without a home, um, and these are the stories, you know, that you're hearing out of this pandemic, out of these, this crazy fire season, um, the catastrophe that that we're all living through. And and, you know, she is thinking about her own future, but she's thinking about all her kids and making sure that they're OK. Um, a lot of them have lost homes um, in the Bonny Dune or in the mountains up there. Um, it's just tragic. It's uh, wow. it's a piling on. Right. I mean, pandemic fires and you know the smoke is is strangling all of us. Uh, it feels very apocalyptic, as one education psychologist uh, said today. Um, you know it, it's a huge burden on teachers and families um, with long lasting effects for these kids.
0: Yeah, and for people that don't know the area, Jill, um, this is sort of between Pescadero and Santa Cruz, right off Highway One. These these old logging roads and and these these beautiful communities, Bonny Dune. But they're really in the forest at the base of the Santa Cruz Mountains, right?
1: Yeah, they're up there in the Santa Cruz Mountains. I mean, Boulder Creek, Bonnie Doon, Ben Lomond, Last Chance. Um, these are communities where where people, you know, in some cases, sort of live off the grid. They want to be up in really rural, kind of remote areas. These communities are incredibly tight knit. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we kind of forget about some of these communities sometimes when we think about Silicon Valley and the Bay Area, but we really do have these very, um, beautiful communities up in the hills and the mountains, um, and, and they're often most at risk for the flooding and the, And the uh, fires and earthquakes and devastation in general, um, definitely not immune to the pandemic either. So um, they have been hit very hard. I think we have a lot of kids and families that are incredibly traumatized. And, you know, school is secondary. It just has to come secondary right now.
0: Well, I want to ask you about the trauma and what all of our children are, are feeling and what we can do. But first... What is going on in the Bonnie Dune School District? I mean, what are the communications? What What's the outlook?
1: Yeah, you know, I I just got off the phone, too, with the superintendent, who's also the principal of the Bonnie Dune School. He is evacuated uh, from Ben Lohman himself. So far, his home seems to be okay. But he was in his second hotel since Wednesday and was checking out and didn't know where he was going to go. So here is the leader of the school district who is trying to operate a school and a district out of a hotel room and, um, And, uh, essentially trying to make sure that they have communicated with all the families and students, um, to just do a wellness check, see, make sure that they're okay. He already knows that his, some teachers and kids have lost homes, um, and he doesn't know. In fact, he, he, he was telling me he got a police escort up to the school, which is still standing. They've taken a stand to try to save this school, which is like the community. Yeah, the community Mm -hmm. hub. So far it still stands, but it's still under threat. But he got a police escort up there to save files, to save students' records, Um, because they weren't able to get them uh, before they evacuated. So he went up there, grabbed what he could, and he just said it was gut-wrenching to be up there, um, seeing the devastation around his school, not knowing if it's still going to be there when this is all over. Um, You know, at the same time, worrying about the kids and the, the mental health aspect of them losing their homes or potentially losing their homes in the middle of the pandemic. They were only in school for two days, Uh, distance learning when this happened. So they barely started the school year and and everybody had to evacuate. He said he's not sleeping well. Uh, He kind of choked up uh, while we were talking. Um, And he told me about one little girl who was desperate that he know that she saved her loaner Chromebook that, that the school district loaned to her, that she saved it when they evacuated and that she was taking really good care of it. And it just, I mean, you know, it's a heartbreaking anecdote in all of this that she wanted to make sure he knew, you know, that, that she was taking care of this, you know, school district computer. Um, He's just, you know, it's just, it's horrible. Um, I think he's, He's trying to figure out how he's going to help these kids and his staff um, when they finally can go back to distance learning. But he's looking at a tremendous loss of resources. A lot of kids did not save their Chromebooks uh, when they fled. And, uh, you know, he's he's it, it, there's it's a long road ahead of these guys.
0: Wow. Three years ago, Jill, almost three years ago, you and I were talking in the middle of the night because you were on your way to the fires in Santa Rosa and, and throughout the wine country that wrecked whole neighborhoods. And in the aftermath of that, um, people just had to say goodbye to their community completely and uproot. And there was a huge amount of, of trauma there. And and I remember, we, you know, it was so unprecedented. It was something we just hadn't seen before. Um, and I can't believe we're still in it.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, I'll never forget that that night and seeing... An entire community of Santa Rosa just gone, um, and then and then seeing the aftermath of that, of these kids having to leave their schools and you know leave their friends and um, you know and it, 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 sadly it just seems like we're. We're a big checkerboard now, where you're just taking these communities off the map, right? That they just get devastated, and hopefully some people rebuild, but not everybody comes back. And um, you know, a lot of kids and families are affected by this. It's just it's become um, an annual, an annual event of um, you know which communities are going to burn um, and what's that going to mean for kids and families and schools.
0: Wow. Uh, Jill, let's take a quick break. When we come back, more on 5th and Mission.
1: We'll be right back after a short break. You can support 5th and Mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited Chronicle access at sfchronicle.com slash pod.
0: Welcome back. I'm Damian Bulwa, joined by education reporter Jill Tucker. We're talking about the latest setback this this year after the pandemic. Now we have kids who have lost their homes to fires. In some cases, um, teachers have lost homes or they're evacuated. Jill, you talked about the trauma. Um, this is a big concern, right? Not only now, but well into the future for for parents and teachers and kids.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I when I, I I've been talking to. Um, education psychologists, school psychologists, um, experts in that field and and they're really talking about this time as as something that's historic, right? That's something that will teach kids in the future from history books. But right now living through it, it's it's a it's a defining moment in in these kids' lives and and likely something that will affect, how they look at life, how they look at the world forever after. And it's incumbent on the adults in their lives, their parents, their families, their teachers – um mental health experts to try to help guide them through this and you know certainly our schools have been understaffed in California in terms of school psychologists or counselors anyway and now we're going to have all these kids you know who who have all of these you know all of this trauma or just uh, questions and anxiety uh, around um the wor- you know what the world is to them because the world right now is a scary, deadly pandemic that could be brought into your house from the grocery store, um, as well as smoke-filled skies and air that you can't breathe, and in some cases, you know, homes lost. And um, the need for for sort of that mental health counseling and school psychologists is going to be um, a, a desperate need. And you know, in talking to them, they're they're really saying that that school communities need to have these psychologists and counselors available to families and children, even if it's on Zoom. Um, because, you know, it, it was interesting. One of the school psychologists said, you know, normally when we have a trauma, right, kids go to school and the teachers can tell based on the kids' behavior that something's wrong and they'll send them to the school counselor. But, you know, when you're doing class remotely, distance learning on Zoom, number one, you, 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 it's hard to tell what's happening, in that kid's life, you know, in terms of their behavior, they're just a picture on a screen. And so it's very difficult to sort of, you know, get them the the resources that they desperately need in these situations because they're not in school and schools need to rethink how they're going to give these resources, just like they're rethinking how to teach the ABCs on a computer. And uh, but we're probably not going to see a lot of that uh, immediately. Schools are desperate for resources. They're just trying to figure out how to make it day to day. But he's saying it will be un- incumbent on society to make sure as many kids as possible get through this Um healthy and, uh, you know, with, without really horrible long lasting effects to them, rental health or, or their lives.
0: Yeah. No, I feel really fortunate. I'm Jill, I'm sitting in my office. My 12 year old daughter is at the the dining room table, uh, on, on zoom. And, and my 15 year old is up in her room, uh, doing homework. And my wife is in a our room and, and working as well. Um, but for kids that are younger, um, it seems much more difficult. Um, how in general is school going? It's been a couple weeks for some districts. How, how, How are things going?
1: Well, you know, it's it's a rocky ride uh, for a lot of them. They're they It's a little better than in the spring when it was just like one day to the next. The entire education system upended and and put online or put distant into distance learning mode. Um, so a lot of the schools are are doing better. They have schedules. Um, they spent the first weeks kind of doing a lot more one on one, figuring you know getting to know their kids one on one, not you know they're they're easing into this a lot more i think that that can be frustrating for parents cuz they're not doing you know, a lot of time online doing lessons or lectures or whatever you might, you know, or group work. Um, because I think they're easing into this. They have to teach kids, especially the little ones, like how to unmute and mute and and um, you know, so that like Zoom a Zoom lesson is you know how they're spending their first days. Um, that's not what we did in the real classroom. You know, first days of school. So so it's a really different approach. It's a lot slower intro into uh, learning. Um, You know, I think there's still struggles. Uh, People are still having trouble with technology, especially those um, that don't have a lot of resources. And if you have working parents, kids are left on their own and that's much more difficult for the little ones. Um, you know, people are trying to, you know, the the San Francisco hubs that will will provide support for that. So they'll have, you know, maybe groups of kids at libraries or other locations. That hasn't started yet. So, uh everybody is still trying to figure this out, find out what that new normal is until we can get kids back into schools. Um but you know, we I think everybody has to realize that um you know, learning is just not going to be the same right now. Um, kids are not going to get the same level of academics, per se, that they might if we were in school. Um, I know, you know, one school psychologist even suggested, like, look, if if we have to tack on another year for some of these kids, maybe not the older ones, but maybe the younger ones, so that they graduate when they're 19 instead of 18, that, you know, maybe as a system we... we f- might consider that that might be best for some of these kids who who are going to lose an entire year of school.
0: Sure. And and what do we know if anything about when school might be back on campus in some fashion?
1: Um we don't. I mean it really depends on the the rates of um of the coronavirus in communities. They have to get off in California they have to get off the state watch watch list and be off of it for 14 days and And basically, very few counties uh, qualify for that in the state. So, um, you know, people are watching those numbers. Even when, you know, say San Francisco is off the watch list for two weeks, it doesn't mean schools are going to open their doors the next day. Um, A lot of things have to be in place, like testing and, you know, um, social distancing and teachers have to be willing to come back. And a lot of teachers are saying they want to have basically zero case counts for seven days before they'll go back and we are we are a long way from that in California counties and in the Bay Area
0: all right Jill well thank you so much as a editor and as a parent I appreciate you covering <laughs> these issues
1: well thanks I, I I know it's kind of depressing right now and I look forward to the day when I get to write about something happy and fun but it's it's probably going to be a while
0: yeah I know you do all right thanks Jill Thanks to my guest today, education reporter Jill Tucker, to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening.